actually got the call that day. I answered it in my kitchen. I was cooking supper, and it was the girl who comes to do the home package, and she said, this is Becky from Shark Tank and Sony um, Productions. And I was like, <laughs> I started crying like a baby. Does this mean I'm finally going to get my home package and I'm going to be on the show? <laughs> Do you have any idea how much wine I've consumed over the past three months? <laughs> you people have been the death of me. I've been so emotional, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was awful. I bet she thought, my God, <laughs> let's not go to this crazy lady's house. <laughs> and not knowing, knowing I'd gotten the deal, knowing my due diligence was all good, everything was, you know, as it should have been. Three months and a little bit later, I finally found out that I'm going to be on the air. That's oh, hilarious. Gosh. I love it. Oh, it, it, was, it was brutal. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Birth and babies is easier than that. <laughs> yeah, but you don't get to drink the wine with the birth and babies, girl. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> What's going on? Welcome to interview number four, celebrating the women of Shark Tank during Shark Week. Yes, this is Shark Week as in like the Discovery Channel Shark Week. And what we here at the Biz Women Rock podcast and within the Biz Women Rock community do to celebrate that is highlight women and uh, interviews with them who have been on Shark Tank. Because they have phenomenal businesses and so many lessons to share, not only about their Shark Tank experience, with which in and of itself is absolutely mind-blowing, but about their businesses as a whole, uh, the real journeys that they've gone through. So we've got a great show for you today. This is interview number four throughout this week. Um, there are three previous ones, so make sure you go back and listen. And all you have to do to do that is go to Biz Women Rock. Dot com and they'll be right there on the home page but uh, you can deliberately go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash shark week because on that page you're gonna see not only the list and the schedule of all of the interviews for this week but you're gonna see what you can do to be a part of the entire shark week shark tank movement on the Biz Women Rock podcast and what this really consists of is shark selfies so just go to that website you're going to take a shark selfie. You're going to literally like a, a selfie with a picture of a shark. Really cool graphics that we have up there for you. Uh, you don't even have to print them out if you don't want to. Just, you know, hold your computer up. Take a snap a little shot or a couple of them if you'd like. And go post them on social media so that we can all connect. We can spread the message about these amazing women, about this show, about um, just the community at large, which is really what it's all about. So uh, hashtag all over the place, uh, Shark Week, Shark Selfie, Shark Tank, Biz Women Rock. Tag me, Katie Kremitzo, so that I can see it. Um, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So I love seeing these shark selfies spread literally all over the world. Okay, now specifically for today's interview, oh, I'm so excited. We have uh, Kim Nelson, who's the founder of Daisy Cakes, and she is doing something super special for you. So she is giving away a free Daisy Cake. And before I even tell you how to win this contest, I'm going to tell you that she was a total sweetheart 
and sent me one as a little gift for my anniversary in May. And um, my husband just couldn't stop talking about it. They were amazing. I mean, you always hear that like, oh, gosh, the cake is so great. You know, like you heard that on their Shark Tank uh, video. But um, oh, my God. Okay. You know, like generally speaking, I don't eat a lot of dairy, if any at all. But I had a couple of bites and it was really good. <laughs> I got him a carrot cake because that's what he loves. And it was really dense. It was amazing, super sweet, and you're going to love them too. So if you want a chance to win your very own Daisy Cake, here's what you're going to do. In coordination with our Shark Week uh, promotion and fun that we're having, you're going to post your shark selfie on Facebook and or Twitter. Those are the places where I am the most. And you're going to do all that, all the tags, okay? All the hashtags, the Shark Week, Shark Tank, Biz Women Rock, Katie Kremitzos, Barbara Corcoran, Lori Grenier, um, whatever you want there. But here's what you're going to do. You're going to tag a fellow businesswoman who you respect or fellow businesswomen that you respect that you think are awesome who may or may not know about this Shark Week promotion or may or may not know about the Biz Women Rock podcast, but you know that they're awesome and they would love to hear these stories. You're going to tag them. If you do this, I'm going to see it. And on this day, this is going on all day. So uh, and today's interview is Thursday. So all day on Thursday from, you know, start time to midnight Eastern Standard Time, if you tag a fellow businesswoman, whether it be one or whether it be a hundred, you are going to go into a drawing and I'm going to randomly pick one of you to be able to win this Daisy Cake. No joke. She said she will send it anywhere, anywhere in the world that this will go. So go onto Facebook, go onto Twitter, take your shark selfie and tag your girlfriend's who you think uh, would really love to be a part of this fun, okay? And then that automatically gets you into the drawing to win a free Daisy Cake of your choice. And they're delicious. So that's what you're going to do. Go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash shark week to get all the graphics that you need to do this, okay? All right, let's get things rolling here. Barbara Corcoran has called Daisy Cakes one of the best investments that she's made on Shark Tank. And you, as soon as you hear this interview with Kim Nelson, the founder of Daisy Cakes, you're going to know exactly why, because this girl has got some spunk and she's got determination like crazy. So Daisy Cakes was started back, she says when she was 10 years old was the first time that she and her mom actually ever baked cakes together. Uh, obviously, fast forwards a few decades, and she actually started her own homemade cake baking company and um, and delivers these beautiful cakes all over the U.S. And, um, and back in 2011 is when her show on Shark Tank aired. Now, this was season two of Shark Tank. This was very early on in the Shark Tank life. And um, and it's so fascinating. You're going to hear what I think is so powerful about Kim's story, which is that she she literally it could have been any one of us in her shoes, which is she's a very small business. It was a very small operation, and she just showed her true colors and uh, ended up getting a deal. So it's such a cool story about how that all happened. Now she when she first went into the Shark Tank, she had. Three, she was fairly young in business. So over three months of business, she had done like $27,000. She got a $50,000 investment from Barbara. And that $50,000 has helped generate a $3 million business selling cakes. And you're going to hear exactly why that's possible. 
Kim, what's going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Hey, Katie. Everything's wonderful, as always, in beautiful, sunny Pauline, South Carolina. <laughs> you are like the brightest. It's it's no wonder that um, I know that your your cakes are named after your great aunt, but man, Daisy and like sunshine, like that's definitely like in your personality. So I'm really excited that you're here and we get to share your story. Um, I'd love to start first with kind of how how Daisy Cakes came about. Like, uh, how did you start baking? How did you start with this idea that you wanted to actually, you know, make a business out of it? Well, it's really funny. Um, I my mother and I baked and sold our first cake back in 1972. Oh wow! And it was a yellow cake with chocolate icing, and it was four layers, and still the same. Um, yellow cake recipe and the, still the same chocolate icing that we use now for the daisy cakes. And uh, we just, you know, we, we, we had someone who wanted us to bake a cake for them. We did. And honestly, we just, you know, th- on and off throughout the years, just baked cakes for people if they wanted, you know, whatever kind. And so it, it really did start at the um, ripe old age of 10. <laughs> for me the early entrepreneur the early baker um yes, at, what, at yes, what point really. did it become like okay i'm making a business out of this like i'm going to charge money to make cakes and this is how it's going to go well um right after graduating from college my best friend and i started a catering business and we had that for several years before um the we were living in an old house upstairs and we had our catering kitchen downstairs and um, on this beautiful street lined with old houses that everyone, all but one had, there were like 10 houses on that street and all but one of them had women um, businesses, women owned businesses in them. One was a man who had a furniture company and he made handmade furniture, beautiful work. Um, but so the bank was going to buy that, buy, the bank ended up buying all those houses and tearing them down and building a bank. So uh, when that happened, I I was getting married anyway, so it was kind of okay. And my best friend moved out to her parents' restaurant to continue her catering business, which she still has to this day. And um, in the meantime, I had a baby, opened a restaurant, had another baby, sold the restaurant, had baby number three, and kind of settled into uh, raising my children. And once they got into school, I had a good friend who wanted me to teach her how to cook because she was tired and her children were tired of eating out every day. So from, um, you know, baking some cakes with my mother, having a catering business, I went to having, um, for six years, teaching cooking classes. And that was done. And my daddy built me what I call a work kitchen out here in their pasture in um, Pauline, which was, we built it to code. So it was, you know, with the drains in the floor and Mm -hmm. like wipeable walls, all that, you know, stuff that's required from the health department and everything. And I taught cooking classes for six years. And after that, I went to work for a little while at my favorite grocery store and probably yours since you're in Florida. (laughs) Which one is that? At Publix? Publix. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And and while we were there, while I I mean, while I I worked there, what I did was I I literally um, cooked food. I took, I took in my own stove. This is before the aprons program. I took in my own stove, and I would um, cook food in the back in the seafood department and let people taste it. And in the meantime, they could buy um, the two-inch pork chops or the uh, coconut-crusted tilapia or whatever we were making at the time, and they could take it home with them and, you know, prepare it for dinner. So that that went on for a while. And then um, 
I was approached by a lady, a local um, business owner, who, and I really did miss teaching the cooking classes, who had a beautiful store, and she'd asked me if I'd like to come and teach cooking classes there. Cool. And so, um, and at that time, they were, uh, Publix was no longer able to have, a, because of its location, the store here in town, they weren't able to have me cook there anymore because of the new, um, the new fire marshal in town said you can't even cook on a skillet unless you've got this elaborate hood system so they were kind of having to phase that out anyway um so you know it all worked out just fine i went to work at um, a beautiful store with beautiful things and fabulous kitchen gadgets and stuff and i taught cooking classes there and um i did that for three years wow and if i had never gone there to work i wouldn't be sitting here talking to you now because it is from that experience that I came to know that you could actually bake cakes and ship them. And so that's how I started Daisy Cakes. Wow, how cool. So I want to jump ahead <laughs> to, 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 to the fact that, fact that um, by, the by the time you had gotten under Shark Tank, you had been in business, I think, about a year. And so by that time, you and your mom were used to making cakes with each other. You were sort of doing this, you know, really officially sending them out and um, and getting them sent out everywhere. So what what was really the the kind of thing that kicked you in the butt to go on to Shark Tank? You you aired in 2011. When did you actually tape the show? Um, we taped it on Halloween of 2010, and I got a call from a friend of mine in college, oh, actually a high school and college friend. We were getting ready to have our 10-year reunion that summer from high school, and he called me and he said in June, he said, um, you, I've been watching the show, and you really should try to get on it. It's called Shark Tank. And I said, never heard of it. But now it had only ha- aired season one. And so truly, as soon as I hung up the phone, I went to abc.com, Shark Tank Casting. I uploaded my information which at the time, which is so different from now, um, you know, the casting process, but at the time it was upload your name, your age, your website, a, a picture, a product description, and the casting girl called me the very next day. Oh, wow. And so over the course of the summer, uh, and it was, a, a, you know, two and a half months' worth of going back and forth. I, I was assigned two producers, and they helped me with what would be my pitch, and we went over my numbers and um, how long I'd been in business and, you know, just things like that that they needed to know. And it was Labor Day weekend that I got the email and the phone call from the casting that I had been deemed worthy to apply. And applying then was a 27-page application and a five-minute video due back in, like, four days. Wow. And so I sent it in, and they decided after it was about just a couple of weeks that I was going to be allowed to come out and pitch. And they were just trying to decide if it was going to be with Kevin Harrington or Jeff Foxworthy or Mark Mark Cuban, because at that time the three were rotating on the seat. Got it. Okay. Kevin sat in. So that was, um, you know, they just. Then this is the truth. I got a phone call on a Tuesday at eleven thirty. At one o'clock, I apologize. One o'clock that said your flight leaves in the morning from Charlotte at eleven thirty. Oh boy! <laughs> so, I mean, I knew I was going. I just didn't know when. And man, when they tell you know, it's like what? Okay, well, I'm I'm, I'm out of here, everybody. Wow. <laughs> See ya. Holy so, cow! Yeah. So had you, I mean, obviously the big thing on the show is that your pitch has got to be on. You've got to be there. How prepared were you and how confident did you feel when you officially walked out into the tank and now had to pitch? (laughs) 
Well, now I can tell you this, and this is what is so wonderful about the producers that they assign you, is they, or mine anyway, and I'm sure this is for everyone, they have you so prepared. It is, it is insane. It's wonderful. It's just, um, oops, it's crazy because uh, we, went, we would go over these different, you know, what if this, what if they ask you this, what if they ask you that, you know, just all these different scenarios. And then knowing my numbers, but then also I can tell you this, that what happened too for me was that I had not been in business that long. Right. So I didn't have quite as much stuff in my head that I needed to keep up with. Because I'm not good. I'm not a numbers person. I'm just not good at numbers. I transpose numbers. I'm just not. I'm not a numbers. I'm not a math girl. So I was really fortunate in that. You know, I didn't have a whole lot of information to spit back out to them because I didn't. Just there wasn't a lot of history. So that made it a little bit easier. But I, I, I honestly, the, the producers had me super duper prepared. I felt over prepared, actually, wow. overly prepared for, for that visit into the tank. Was there anything that was asked of you? I know because we only see like an eight-minute eight segment, and I'm sure that you had a longer time there than that. So was there anything that happened during, during your entire time that was just unnerving or uncomfortable or, you know, like a question that just t- got you tongue-tied that you didn't know how to answer? Like, was there a moment of total, like, I don't know <laughs> during your time? For me, the moment of... um I don't know. Let's see. I think, you know, I I, I just got a little tongue-tied on the numbers, 2,700 versus 27,000, which is what was, you know, a little bit more impressive than the 2,700. <laughs> it was actually 27,000. But I, you know, and I just, I was completely honest. Like, you know, Kevin said, well, how are you going to, you know, bake the cakes for the, um, if you get on one of the shopping networks, I, he said, you'd kill your mother. And I said, well, you know, we're going to have to do a different way of baking, which means, you know, maybe not in the four little uh, Sears Kenmore ovens that we have. And then um, another question was, you know, why don't you and your mother just continue to do what you're doing? And that's when I told Robert. I said, you know, no, I want this to be a huge company. Right. I want people to, you know, when they order a gift to order a daisy cake. Of course, they edited the daisy part out. But, um, <laughs> it, you know, just order the you know order a cake or send a cake. But I, I really felt like for what for the amount of business you know time time I'd been in business that I I, I didn't feel too um, surprised by anything that they asked. And I will tell you this: my pitch and and every pitch lasts a different amount of time, but mine lasted forty seven minutes. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Well, but some like you know last almost two hours. It just depends on how complicated the you know the financials are. Right, Kim. I gotta say, what I loved about what I saw about your pitch on Shark Tank was that, like, you literally are any one of us. Like, your business at the time was small, so it had um, you know you had been open a year, even though you've been baking cakes since you were ten. Um, and I mean, your operation was small, even though you, like you thought big, which was beautiful, but your actual operation, your actual business was small. And so I, I felt as a small business owner, like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome that here she is, this small business, because even the ones that like, that I see now most recently on Shark Tank are the ones that you have to have some sort of like built out infrastructure or plan for infrastructure for growth. And you didn't really have that. You just were like, that's why I'm here, because I need to be able to grow and I need to be able to have the capital to do all of that stuff. And you were so honest and so genuine. And all of the sharks, one by one, were counting out saying, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. 
And before you did end up getting a deal and before Barbara ended up talking, what was your mentality like when one by one, every single one of them were like, no, thank you? Well, I did think, what is wrong with you people? (laughs) (laughs) You weren't doing it all and over how delicious this cake is. You were saying this is the best cake you've ever eaten. Every one of them. Even Mr. Wonderful, who now has invested in Wicked Good Cupcakes, by yep. the way. So yep. he, I think he kind of, not that he regretted missing out on me. I don't mean that at all. But I think he, he feels that, you know, okay, so maybe, you know, some sweets in the business is lucrative for me as, you know, O'Leary Investments or whatever. Right. So I, I think, I really thought, come on, you got to be kidding me. And, and I really felt, and I just, I'm, I'm, in, I'm a part of, um, an author's presentation um, on a book he did, and I just and, and so I just saw that my I just saw my pitch on Tuesday, so that's why it's kind of fresh in my head about the, some of the questions I was asked. But it's interesting because I I tr- and I and I said this, and I've said this before. I I, I honestly, honestly, in the, from the bottom of my heart, never doubted that I was going to get a deal. Hmm. I never doubted that, that I, I just didn't think that way because I knew my product. It was fabulous. I know how we make it. I know how much time we put into it. I know how much truly honest Southern love we put into it and how much pride we take in what we make and send out of here that I just, I just didn't doubt that I was going to get a deal. And, yes, it came down to the last person, but it also came down to the perfect person for me to be in business with yeah perfect person and so i i really and i'm not saying that to be haughty or arrogant or anything it's just that's my that's just my mindset of something that that's just kind of how i am i'm just kind of very um optimistic to the moon and back (laughs) i love it so you did end up getting a deal from barbara it was a fifty thousand dollar investment um i i'm always curious to know what happened immediately after like when there's always a due diligence process, right? So now you've gotten this deal with Barbara. Yeah. You're hugging. Everything's great. Life is good. You're like, Daisy Cakes is going to take over the world. And then what happens? Like, what's the reality of what that, the, the whole aftermath really looked like for you? Well, at that time, and I don't know how long it takes now, the due diligence and everything. The, the nice thing about mine, there again, small business not been in business for very long, not a whole lot of numbers for them to look over. And it was all um, the numbers I had spoken on the show. But the the absolute worst part, Katie, I can tell you this, was from Halloween of 2010 until February of 2011, I didn't know if I was going to get to be on the show or not. Mm. And the reason is... um, they hadn't got, I hadn't gotten the call about them coming to do the home package, which is the section that shows first, the segment that shows first before my actual pitch in the tank. They, come, they came and filmed at my house with me and my mother. Right. Well, when I finally got that call in February after all of November and Thanksgiving had passed, you know, all of December and Christmas had passed, New Year's had come and gone, still no call. When I finally got the call that day, I answered it in my kitchen. I was cooking supper and it was the girl who comes to do the home package. And she said, this is Becky from Shark Tank and Sony um, Productions. And I was like, (laughs) I started crying like a baby. Does this mean I'm finally going to get my home package and I'm going to be on the show? (laughs) Do you have any idea how much wine I've consumed over the past three months? (laughs) You people have been the death of me. I've been 
<laughs> Let's not go to this crazy lady's house. <laughs> it was terrible. It was awful. I mean, that, that waiting and not knowing, knowing I'd gotten the deal, knowing my due diligence was all good, everything was, you know, as it should have been. Three months and a little bit later, I finally found out that I'm going to be on the air. That's oh, hilarious. Gosh. I love it. <laughs> I was, it was it was brutal. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Birthing babies is easier than that. <laughs> yeah, but you don't get to drink the wine with the birth and babies, girl. That's <laughs> <Yeah>, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, okay, it was so, an ordeal. It was an ordeal. So let's talk about the actual, like, go live date. So now the show, has, the show is airing. What is the, mm-hmm. I've heard you talk about the Shark Tank effect, you know, which obviously a lot of Shark Tank people talk about. So what actually happened as soon as, you know, it goes live, the show goes live? So in 2010, we did 2,000 cakes. And Barbara told me just to have around 1,500 cakes ready for the airing because she and Clay Newbill, the executive producer, had, you know, talked about it and just wanted me to be prepared but not have, you know, a whole lot of inventory sitting around. So that night that we aired on April the 11th, while I'm at home, you know, having a party, hooting it up with the wine and my friends, and everybody else was in the office, my mama and two people to take the orders. When we aired, um, and, you know, ignorance is bliss, me with the T-shirt on with the daisy cakes on it, um, which, you know, was to my benefit, I guess, but (laughs) not knowing because I had no idea that would help people to know to go to my website. They, the phone started ringing, literally blowing up. The website crashed. It was mayhem. Like, we, you know, the phones were ringing. Like, you couldn't even take orders because, you know, the beeping in, the beeping in, the beeping in. Wow. And we got over 2,000 orders in 48 hours. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Insane. Insane. We spent the entire month of May working those poor little ovens 24 <laughs> hours a day. We've had three shifts running out here Monday through Friday to try to fill the orders for the customers that all come in because of that uh, Shark Tank airing on April 22nd, 2011. Wow. Crazy, crazy good stuff. Now, the you know, that 24-hour push didn't stop, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure people were still continuing to, you know, they were still continuing to come in after those 48 hours, right? Oh, yeah, because, well, we never did t- return all those phone calls because... <laughs> You just could not get. You couldn't get all the all the messages off because the phone just kept ringing and it would interrupt and then you'd have to go back to the beginning. And it, oh yeah, because I think even now it's still like a residual effect of about you know two and a half to three weeks out right. that people because re, they record it and then they then they'll watch it later. So you get orders. But then also what's so wonderful too, Katie, is that they air these you know five nights a week. Shark Tank is aired on CNBC. Hmm. So you're getting a constant um, rerun of either your original pitch or one of your updates. So, and we, you know, you still get sales from that, and that's been going on for a little over a year now. The CNBC um, nightly airing of the show, right? So, what do you like? What was the immediate impact, not of the Shark Tank effect, but like of uh, Barbara's investment? Like, what immediately happened with the money that she invested? How did you make that work for you, and how did you start building your company out? Yeah, well, now that money that she invested, it. I know $50,000 is a lot of money, but in the whole scheme of things, in a business, it really went in a hurry for us because we had to, one, buy all the product to make those cakes right. that you know we were, had to have ready, and the tins, and the shippers, and she wanted printed boxes, so we had, that was a smidge more of an expense, but not a whole lot. So that, I mean, there, there was very little money left over 
from that $50,000 that we got literally in maybe March the 20th. Wow. Um, so we, and you know, then we had probably about two weeks that we, we took to get those cakes ready because um, they had just been made, you know, right before the, the airing. And so that's where the, the majority of that money went. But then, you know, a lot of money was coming in. Right. And, and then it continued to come in. But then because we had to run such, um, you know, so many shifts around the clock, I remember just that month of May of 2011, our payroll was close to $23,000. Oh, my god! That is a lot of money yeah. for payroll. And we had to rent a big um, freezer truck that used um, you know, very expensive, like 55-gallon drums of fuel that had to sit out here. So it was, it was um, expensive for us. It was not cost-effective at all for us to you know, do the cakes from here. That's why we went from one to another to yet a third large production bakery to try to meet the demand because we just weren't able to do it here, and it wasn't. It, you know, it was a, a losing venture right. uh, financially because it was it just cost too much to produce the cakes. Well, talk a little so bit that's about why we went to three different bakeries. Yeah, talk a little bit about that about how you ended up moving to kind of a different production facility and what the consequences were of that. Like, what ended up happening because of that? Well, the first one we went to was fine. It was in Georgia, and they were they did a great job. But they got mad at me, or, and they fired us, Daisy Cakes, Barbara, all of us, as a customer because they said that I, was, I got on QVC, and because of that, and they were on QVC, that I was considered their competition. Huh. And so they fired me as a customer. So Barbara and her, well, her team had to set out, set out looking for another bakery, so they found a bakery in the Bronx in New York. So for there again, you know, they made the QVC cakes, and the fulfillment center was out on Long Island, and... That, you know, was fine for a few months, and then, you know, that quality of those cakes tanked, and uh, and then we went to a bakery in, in Tennessee, and same thing, you know, good quality for a little while, and then that was the most catastrophic thing ever. We had cakes that had these things on them called sugar balloons. It looks like feta cheese basically crumbled on cakes, and it's harmless, and it's just something that happens in the uh, mixing of the recipe or something. I'm still not quite sure on that. And so that cost us um, close to $150,000 oh, wow. in damaged inventory, 6,300 cakes plus the, um, uh, the salary of the food scientists we'd hired to ruin everything, basically. And so we, it is an absolute miracle. That, all that came to, um, uh, let's see, that was February of 2013. In March of 2014, and we were at different fulfillment centers in the country shipping the cakes, and it just was, it was the most awful thing ever. It was horrible. It was, and the only word I can use to describe it is catastrophic. It is a miracle that we are still alive. And what happened was we came, you know, Barbara said it, my mother said it, we brought all the baking back. You know, they said, you got to go back to Pauline and bake everything there. Wow. And so that's what we did. We came back to Pauline, we bake everything here, that's what we still do. And that's just how we have to do it. So and it's fine. You know, we, we just, you know, we do we, the cutoffs at 10 o'clock or midnight on Wednesday nights. And then we bake for the next week. And then there again, we, you know, we just, you know, get your orders in. We'll bake them, you know, the weekend before they ship. And that's how we do it. So are you still now back into the, like, three oven commercial kitchen that you had? Or did you find another commercial kitchen that you're able to do this in? No, 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 no. We're still right here. Back wow. where we started. 
Wow. Yeah, we just make it work. I mean, I have a great team of people who work here, and, um, you know, they'll work on, they'll come in on Sundays and work, and or they'll be working. We'll all be here all weekend through Thursday of this week because of Mother's Day and everything, trying right. to get all the orders in, baked, get all the orders baked and get them all out next week. Wow. Kim, besides, I mean, besides Shark Tank as a giant marketing arm itself and all of the residual things that have happened because of that, like getting onto QVC, morning shows, all this sort of stuff, what other marketing have you done that that you see working for you? Like, are you seeing social media marketing working for you? Is there a certain platform where it's really working well? Or, you know, are you, do you pay for like Google traffic to come to you? Like what other different marketing um, opportunities are you having that's really working? Well, I mean, nothing, and this is the honest truth, and I tell people this when they call and ask me to participate in advertising things, is nothing sells product like Shark Tank. I mean, you've got an audience of 9 million people on any given Friday night watching that show, and that is the absolute truth, and that nothing sells like that. Nothing generates sales for us like Shark Tank. And just one night when Barbara was trying to get the Bantam Bakery, a Bantam Bagel, sorry, the Bantam Bagel people to come on our, her team. So she and Lori were trying to lure them because mm-hmm. they're in lower Manhattan too. And um, I say too because of Pipcorn and Barbara got Pipcorn. But anyway, um, she was Barbara was trying to lure this, the, the Bantam Bagel people by telling them, you know, what a great team she has and how we're all like brothers and sisters, and that is the absolute truth, and we're all such good friends. And she said, Daisy Cakes. She said she was trying to get them on, telling them, you know, what a good person she is to work with. And she said, I've been to hell and back with Daisy Cakes, which <laughs> she has. She said Daisy Cakes. And at that point, within the next, like, 15 minutes, over 7,000 people went on our website. Oh, my God. And all she did was speak the name of the company. Wow. Holy I mean, it, it, is unbel- it is unbelievable. I mean, there's just no need. I mean, I get great opportunities like yours to do podcasts, which I do. I love to do them, interviews for magazines. I got the the, um, the guy, and I'm in his book called Performing Under Pressure. And um, so I go to some speaking events with him just to show up and serve cake. And it's really quite remarkable the how many people watch that show and go you know, from sitting in their chair on a Friday night and get their phone and go to the website and order things from people. And right. so that's why I think we were talking about the toffee to go and, you know, some of the other yeah. things that hopefully have, you know, a chance to be on the show. I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, it is life-altering, mind-boggling, crazy, insane what that show, the power of that show. Right. I agree with you. Kim, what is one way that you would say that you've really evolved throughout this whole process? I mean, you've had massive growth, you've had massive catastrophes and massive growth all over again. So how would how do you think that you have most evolved as a businesswoman? I have come to, and I was just saying this, this on Tuesday, um, a, a lot of people say that I just fly by the seat of my pants, but I, I consider it, this is how I look at it, I say, no, I go with the flow. And I do. I just try to take it one day at a time because good things happen every day around here. And, you know, when my mother, she gets, she's 81 and she works every day in the business and she gets upset sometimes, which I don't. I'm not a worrier. I'm not a person who doesn't sleep. I sleep like I'm dead. <laughs> um, so I don't have that. That is not how I'm made, but she is. So, but, so I feel like um, 
I've evolved in that maybe I used to get kind of, you know, weirded out and panicky and all that. I don't do that anymore. I, do, I don't do it, one, because I don't want to upset my mother or my father who are here and I'm on their property, you know, working every day. But I also think, well, what good is going to come of it? Absolutely nothing. I mean, we, we work hard. We keep our nose clean to the grindstone. We just, you know, we work, 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 work. And good things really do come from that. And I just can't. You know, I can't get all bent out of shape, and that's not good for my employees. It's not good for me. It's not good for any of us to, you know, just be all, you know, crazy or mean or whatever, you know, some people are in the business world because they're stressed. I'm not saying that, well, I don't get stressed out too much, really, because I really have learned, truly, over these past few years just to take it one day at a time and make the most of every moment, and great things always come I mean, I, you know, I open up an email and I got the reminder, for, you know, of your um, your interview today um, on Monday, I think it was. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, <laughs> just, you know, good stuff, all good stuff, yeah. always. You are an optimist to the moon and back, aren't you? Yeah, I really am. <laughs> I really am. I love it. I love it. I, I believe can't help it. I was just talking to somebody yesterday about how you just create, like, I'm deciding that this is going to be my life, and I'm deciding that this is the way it's going to be. And uh, I just, I find that so true in so many cases of, of women who I interview on the show who great things have happened to them. It's because they've just decided that that's how it was going to happen. It doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that catastrophe doesn't happen. No. It doesn't mean that, you know, life doesn't get off course, but it just means that you're so you know, singularly focused on the positive and all the great things that you really want, that it just manifests all that stuff. It really does. And the more you do it, the better. And here's another thing I learned, too. Because I had, when I started, um, I was still being asked to do a lot of things. My children were still in school and not in college, but in high school or junior high. And, you know, people were asking me constantly to do things. And I had to start saying no because I, I had committed to starting this business and I had to commit I mean, I had to. And then I found that the more I said no to people, then the more they stopped asking me to do things, which was okay because I felt like all through, you know, uh, mother's morning out through ninth grade, I'd done my share. (laughs) So, you know, you're going to have to ask somebody else. But, you know, so I felt like the more I said no to things, the more I was able to focus on my business too. And then the more I was able to see the, the whole picture of, you know, of developing this business and going forward with it. And I'll tell you this, Barbara is, she is also an eternal optimist. I had, a din- I had dinner with her Tuesday night, and, you know, she, I'll tell you this great story, and this is an awesome story, but she, what she says is, keep playing that movie in your head. So mm-hmm. whatever your goal is, whatever it is you want to do, and however you want to go about getting it done, keep playing that movie in your head, keep seeing it, keep living it, keep, you know, making it happen, and then one day you'll, you'll be in that movie. And, or what, you know, whatever, it's, you know, that's. Wow. Not just a movie, but she said we she is she's moving and I wanted to I was so hoping I could go see the new apartment, which is not <laughs> even she has bought it but it has to be completely gutted and all that stuff. But anyway, I so wanted to go see it. So her uh, good friend was there and she said our choice was play Scrabble or go see the new apartment. And I wanted to go see the new apartment, so that's <laughs> we ended up we got to go over there. So the, the the story about this new apartment is um she was this was over 20 years ago when she still had a real estate business, was still trying to make ends meet, was still responsible for all this, um, you know, real estate agents that she had and their livelihood. She she had extra jobs, and one of them was as a delivery person who delivered packages. She made $25 an hour plus commission. So the more packages that she delivered, the more money she made, which mm-hmm. I bet you she was the top earner because that's just her makeup. Right. But she went to this penthouse apartment overlooking Central Park 
to deliver a package to this woman. And she gave the woman her card. And she said, I would love it if you ever decide to sell this, if you would please contact me. Now, here's a woman who was out, Barbara, before she was Barbara from Shark Tank, and, right. you know, known as the real estate guru of the world. You know, here she was with that picture in her head, playing that movie in her head. Here's my card. My name's Barbara Corcoran. If you ever decide to sell this place, I'd love for you to call me first. Well, what do you think happened? The lady called her. Yes. Wow. Yes. That is awesome. The lady awesome. called her just like a month ago. That, how and many years passed? Be, oh, it was like 25 years ago. Wow. Yeah. That is awesome. And so that's, you know, not only does she practice what she preaches, but what she preaches, she lived. I mean, she's been through it. She knows. She knows, you know, you got to keep, you know, in the trenches, working, 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 and really making things happen because nobody's going to do it for you and nobody's going to do it the way you're going to do it. You just got to keep on keeping on. And, I I mean, I thought that was like the greatest thing ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, I mean, that is just such a great story. So you don't have, we don't all have to want a penthouse in Central Park, I'd, I wouldn't want to live there, but, you know, we could want to go to Disney World or go on a cruise or, you know, or whatever it is, right. you know, just, you know, keep playing that movie in your head. And then one of these days, if you've worked, worked, work, work towards that goal, it will happen. It will absolutely happen. Mm, love it. Uh, I don't think of a, ba- I can't think of a better way to end this interview than that. Thank you so oh, much for sharing ever. that story. Oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go play flowers <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, thank you so much for being here thank and for you, sharing Katie. your story. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to, uh, we're giving away cake. We're giving yeah, away, giving away cake. cake for Shark Week. Woohoo! So make sure you're going to get instructions on how you can win a special cake on the house from Kim. Daisy Cakes, you don't want to miss it. So uh, make sure you keep in touch about those instructions. All right. Kim, thank you so much for being here. Okay, I really Katie, appreciate your time, you. girl. You too. And just let me know what we need to do. And we'll get, you know, cake out for uh, your winner. Hands down, one of the best moments of that interview uh, was just the story that she was telling about Barbara. And it was powerful for two reasons. Number one, the story itself was just amazing and such a great depiction of Barbara and a story we don't often get to hear. And number two, it just shows the kind of relationship that they have. And um, yeah, that just makes me so happy that, you know, like somebody who uh, has chosen to invest in this small business, I mean, still maintains this great relationship with Kim. I just absolutely love that. So do you want to win a free cake? Are you salivating now? You should be because her cakes are amazing. Remember, all you have to do to be entered into the drawing is take your shark selfie by going to bizwomenrock.com forward slash shark week and post it on Facebook and or Twitter and hashtag a bunch of different stuff, Shark Tank, Shark Week, Tag me, Katie Kremitzos, and make sure to tag at least one other phenomenal businesswoman that you really respect, or as many businesswomen as you respect. Go ahead and tag them, share this episode with them, and uh, as soon as you do that, I will know that you've done it, and um, I'll get you into the drawing, and then I will be drawing that just after midnight on Thursday, okay? That is the day that this episode goes live. So all day Thursday up until midnight Eastern Standard Time is when you have the opportunity to be able to enter this drawing, okay? So I'll see you on Facebook, I'll see you on Twitter, and I will definitely see you tomorrow for our next interview during Shark Week, our next interview with a Shark Tank lady, right? See ya! See ya!